Episode number 35. What's up, everybody? This is the Live Life Aggressively podcast with Mike Mahler and Sincere Hogan. What's going on, folks? Hey, Mike, what's up, man? I'm doing good, buddy. How are you? Hey, man, I'm doing good. It's been a crazy weekend. This weather is ridiculous right now. Let me tell you, three days ago, I was in shorts and yeah. short sleeves. See, that's the difference between the last time we talked. We said hoodies and shorts last time, but I was actually in short sleeves, dude. It was like about 80 degrees just a few days ago. Today, not so much. I'm looking yeah, at my dog. Uh, He's like, dude, take me outside. I'm like, oh, <laughs> you go outside by yourself. You have fur. I, not so much. So I'm not going out. There's 35 degrees out there, and I'm not trying to do it. So, uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's starting to get chilly over here, not, not compared to the East Coast or, or Midwest, but it's definitely, it's definitely been a big dial down. So winter, yeah. winter has finally arrived in Las Vegas. I mean, up until a couple weeks ago, people were still heading to the pool. You know, people were still – out there in shorts and t-shirts going hiking definitely not now you know, winter has arrived but i bet you there is no shortage of shirt skirts right <laughs> <laughs> no, they'll, they'll be they'll be they'll, they'll, they'll be they'll be short skirts all year round it's just that they'll have they'll have they're, these like three jackets on top so i was like, about to say they're accessorizing now so it's like now they're gonna break out the little mini the little mini faux fur and now they've got the shirt skirt going on it'll, it'll be two freezing legs with a with three jackets on <laughs> or, or, or it'll be a, a trench coat so they can break out in that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh man. You know, you know, actually, you know, what's funnier than the skirt shirt is guys who wear affliction shirts who shouldn't. And what okay. I mean, you know, yeah. <laughs> affliction shirts are kind of form fitting. So if you have a good physique, it's going to enhance that, right? It's kind of made for more athletic guys. But if you have a big gut or, you know, you've got some gyno going on, then, then <laughs> is not a good look for you. you know? Yeah, that's when it becomes an affliction shirt. Like, dude, <laughs> hopefully they never want to sponsor the show because I'm about to say this. But at this point in 2013, going on 2014, why are you still wearing affliction shirts if you're not a sponsored athlete? This is my thing. So I'm at the point, like, where do you even find affliction shirts to even buy just for the common everyday person at this point outside of Vegas? I don't yeah, even I mean, see I, them I like, around. I like the shirts, but what, what I don't like is the price tag. You just have to laugh sometimes. Yeah. Like $75 for a T-shirt. It's like, yeah, that T-shirt looks cool, but come on. It costs you, what, all of 50 cents to have it made in a sweatshop? Come on, dude. <laughs> <laughs> come on, let's just be honest. <laughs> come on, right. man. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's just like yeah, I'm yeah. the guy that laughs when people like buy $500 pairs of jeans. Like, but yeah, man, but these are great jeans. Yeah, but five hundred bucks, three hundred bucks, come on, man. For some jeans. It's cotton. Yeah, exactly. Cotton. That that one always cracks me up. Like the <laughs> jeans the jeans you get over at uh, what, what am I trying to think? What store am I trying to think of right now? You know, there's, there's a few of these kind of, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean even, even Target's probably not that bad, but even even no. some of these kind of secondhand retailers and so forth, I mean you'll see the same exact pair. Oh yeah, Marshall. Or like twenty dollars exactly. Yeah. Marshall, TJ Maxx, exactly, places like that. You'll oh, see but those are last exactly. year's brand, Mike. Come on, those are last year's <laughs> styles. Like, dude, it's, it says Rocket Republic. I mean, come ba- on. Fashion is a very clever racket, right? Because oh, yes, it you're, is. You're, you're always changing. It's like, oh, this is in style now. So now, what that what that what that means is that what you used to wear is not in style. So you're gonna look, you're gonna be made fun of if you wear that. So now Who you have cares? to go buy this new work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who does care? But but it works, right? Because people keep just buying new new stuff every year. It's yeah. kind of like uh, it, it, even like some of these sales are kind of funny, like Black Friday, Cyber Monday. You know, we we both run businesses, so I mean, I'll, I'll do a certain sale as well. But it, it, for a lot of stuff out there, it's it's like what you know, what, what are you buying this year that oh. you didn't get last year? Right? Well, the funniest so, thing is, I mean, you have people trampling each other at Walmart 
over a na- <laughs> over a brand of television that, first of all, it's a Kobe. It's like they're beating each other for a TV made by Kobe. I'm like, doesn't he play for the Lakers? I didn't know they had, he had television. <laughs> and I'm yeah. laughing at this. I'm like, these people are dying. What kills me is like you're on, you're in this line, Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. You're claiming you're giving thanks for everything that you have, but you're acting a damn fool 24 hours later for stuff that you want. It just doesn't make any sense to me, man. Like, I think it's more about the deal, right? It's like, oh, it's exactly. Like, Come on, man. It's, it's, what it's, it's all about. Not even stuff. It's not, you're not looking around your house going, you know what? We really need a new this. We need a new that. Let's get some of this. It's going, oh, man, that's on sale? It's like, yeah, yeah. You know, there, there may be a tra- – I mean, if someone could give me a tractor for 80% off, but it's not a good <laughs> deal because I don't need it, right? <laughs> what am I supposed to do with it? <laughs> someone may have a you know Mack truck driver by yeah. and say, hey, I can <laughs> sell this to you for 100 bucks, but it's not a good deal. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? That tractor, that wouldn't be too bad because we take those tires off of it and we can train with them. <laughs> we can flip them. Yeah, yeah that, that's true. <laughs> and sell the parts <laughs> so we can get our money back. So, see, that's the, that's the mind of an entrepreneur right there, always about the hustle. Always about the hustle. So, you know what the most disgusting show is? I, I saw an episode or two on Hoarders? Netflix. No, this is worse. This is you're you're thinking in the right realm though, but this is actually worse than Hoarders. It's called Cheapskate, and this is worse than any episode of Hoarders. Oh wait, seen. wait a minute. Is that the show where the chick, her her husband was so damn cheap, this dude was eating out of the trash? There's that, and then it'll be like a couple goes to a restaurant. And the yes. person sitting next to them leaves about, let's say, 20% of the food left and on he eats the, plate. the plate. And he'll ask. He'll be like, hey, are you going to finish that off? And the, the people, just people look totally disturbed when he says that. And then he just starts putting it on his plate to take home. Yeah. And he, he'll, he'll go around the restaurant, you know, asking people, hey, are you going to finish that off? Looks like you're done over here. You mind if I take this? And then, and then there were people who don't believe in toilet paper, but they think it's a waste. So they had these clots. That they would just wash over and over. Oh, come on, man. There was this lady in New York City who, the same thing, she was like, oh, I don't believe in toilet paper. That's a waste. I just have this bottle here full of soap, and I just clean myself after (laughs) each bowel movement, man. I was like, dude, you're the most disgusting lady you know she's world. missing. You know she's missing that bottle. You know her aim is not that great. She's, you know she's dressing. She's she's dresses up as a homeless person. Goes out at night. Oh, in New York. I remember that. Starts, yeah, starts going through trash and stuff like that. She had friends over to her house and she made a meal. She made a meal full of stuff she found at a trash can. Oh, and did, yep. didn't tell these people that. Oh, and they're all eating it, going, "This tastes funny. Oh, this tastes kind of strange." <laughs> these <laughs> these these people are the, the the hoarders are pretty nasty, no doubt about it. But this, I think, this may be worse. And it's one of those shows where after you watch an episode, you're like, you know what? I don't need to see this ever again. It, it right. really makes you feel kind of sick, you know, watching it. And I think yeah. that, I think that's why the show never had a second season for good reason because it's just not it's just not entertaining after a while after a yeah, while you're too much man. And these aren't poor people either, right? These aren't poor people that are barely getting by and they're trying to come up with all these just desperate measures to make ends meet. No, these are people who have decent jobs and sometimes they're they're fairly wealthy people that are doing right. this. Right. So that, that's what makes it, it even more irritating to you. But but it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I remember my daughter, yeah, my daughter brought that show up to me, and she was like, yeah, you have to see it. I'm like, I thought she was making this up. I'm like, there's no way that someone's going out and just getting all this trash together and making dinner from trash. Or I can believe the part about the guy in the restaurant because the guy, that's a mutual friend. And I remember they have these movie theaters out here. I don't know if they're all over the country or not, but they're called Studio Movie Grill, where they serve food at the movie theater. And I remember that someone threw, um, threw like a half-eaten pizza in the trash, <laughs> and I just remember this dude that's a friend of ours 
and he just picks up and he starts eating the pizza. And my buddy goes, what the F are you doing? He goes, I'm not going to sit there and let them waste good pizza like that. He's like, are you serious right now? He's like, dude, it's a good piece of pizza. I don't understand. This dude is like the most disgusting person ever. You don't know what's been going on <laughs> on that pizza. You don't know why they left half that pizza in the first place, okay? It might have been some things on that pizza in the first place that make them want to throw it away. We're like, yeah, it's, it's, just, food like it's that. just nauseating. You, you just yeah. get this kind of nauseous feel as you watch it. You're just like, ah. <laughs> Then each time you're like, that guy's nasty. And then, then they go to the next person. You're like, ah. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was it was some pretty foul stuff. Yeah, so that, oh, that's, that's a show you can watch for maybe five minutes just to get the gist of it. But you know what? It's one of those things if you never see, you can go your whole life without seeing it, and it won't matter. <laughs> like, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Just like a lot of things with reality TV, if you go your whole life and never see an episode, you're good. You're okay. Right. <laughs> it's not like you missed out on something. You know? <laughs> like, dude, you never watched an episode of the Jersey Shore? Nope. Never. I mean, I, I'm happy to say I never have that. I never have. And I can be honest with that. I'm not just making that up. Because I, mean, I, I would say it if I had, and then I would say what I think of it. I never had even, an interest. Even when I was on a plane one time, and as I've said many times in the podcast, your standards for entertainment goes down several notches. <laughs> When you're on a 10, 15 hour flight, even then, I actually tried to watch an episode. Five minutes into it, I go, "This is just too dumb, man. I can't yeah, just I, I didn't have it. to. I didn't have to because I've seen commercials for it. And then what also <laughs> makes it even worse, it's on MTV. That right there just says, "I don't want. I don't want to watch that." It's yeah, on MTV. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just you know anything after anything after the real world, like let's say the real world New Orleans season, it's time to stop watching anything on MTV after that season. That was the season where you pretty much were like, you know what? I think I'm done with MTV. I'm done with this channel now. So I think there's a certain segment of the population that enjoys idiocy, and they you just think? enjoy watching <laughs> morons. And either either they are somehow entertained by it, or there some people are inspired by it. They're like, "Wow, you can make money being doing that, being a right, right." Some people, I think, it makes them feel better about themselves. They're like, "Wow, at least I'm not as dumb as these people." Like, well, you're watching those people. They're actually making money doing that. You're a right? dumb monger. You're, you're a dumb monger. You're you back are. watching. You're, I mean, you're losing time out of your life watching garbage. They're on it, making tons of money. Guess what? You're watching it, and Nielsen is tracking you, which means you right. think they think that you like it, so they're going to bring it back for another season. <laughs> okay, that's how that works. It's kind of like everything else. Like people right. underestimate how much power they really have. It's like, okay, you don't like it, don't buy it. You don't want to watch it, don't. Don't watch it. Change the channel. But if you sit there and you sit there, uh, I can't stand this show. I hate this show. But you're still watching it. You're like, eh, something about it is making you want to watch it. Either, either you love to hate it or you actually like it and you just don't want to admit it. And like I said, there's just certain shows I just I couldn't even tell you anything about them, and I'm glad I can't tell you about one episode. And that was one of those shows. I'm like, I don't get it. Like, I have friends that live in the Jersey Shore. They don't look like those folks. They don't act like those people. So why would I want to watch this buffoonery? Right. I mean, that's just like me watching some buffoonery of my own people. It's like, well, that has nothing to do with me. So you know, you're not offended by that show? Why would I get offended? It has nothing to do with me. I don't act yeah. like that. Yeah, I don't right. look like that. So I'm not offended. That's somebody else's child. Somebody else's parents has to worry about their child looking like a damn fool right now, not me. <laughs> so I'm not worried about that kind of madness, man. It doesn't affect me. So. Yeah, they're, they're, there's much bad, bigger things in life to be affected <laughs> Don't feed by the animals, man. About. That's what I said. Don't feed the animals. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Smiley. Well, I got a bunch of uh, questions here from readers, our listeners rather, and so I thought we'd just jump into a few of these. You know, one one of our listeners was asking about supplements for dogs. You know, what's good for dogs with weaker hips or joint issues? 
And there's actually a few that I really like. The one I like the most is called Cetyl Meristolate. And you can just type in C-E-T-Y-L-M in Google, and you'll get a ton of information and buying options. And then Cetyl Meristolate at about 500 milligrams twice a day works extremely well to help rebuild dog's hips. Like I have a yellow lab who was 11 when I rescued her. She's yeah. about 14 now, uh, 13 now. And she was starting to get these atrophied hips, which often happens with older dogs. You start noticing that it gets very narrow back there, and the back legs start getting weak. And as they get older, they have a difficult time standing up from a lying down position, from a sitting position. They have a difficult right. time using the bathroom. This supplement works really well for that. I mean, I kid you not, it really rebuilt her back legs. Her hips are wider now. Her back legs look more muscular and stronger now. 13, now, she goes for a long walk. She goes hiking. And she's good to go. Let me ask you this, Mike. What do you think? At what age is, like, the best time to supplement with this for your dogs, as far as your dog's age? I mean, like our dog, he's a year old. I mean, is it too early for him to start using that? Or is this better for older dogs? What do you, what do you think? What does good you question. I mean, there may be some benefits as kind of a preventative thing. I mean, it would be overkill for a puppy to use it, for example, right. or, a young, or a young dog. But maybe when they start getting into middle age, around five, six, seven, depends on the breed. Yeah. Maybe around that age, it wouldn't be a good, it wouldn't be a bad idea to have maybe a half dose, so one tablet of 500 milligrams. Often, acetylmeristolate comes with glucosamine. It comes with other things in a in a joint formula. I've seen this in a variety of pet stores and online. So that's mm-hmm. not a bad that's not a bad option for dogs that are more prone to those issues. Yeah, I was about to say that. Like, there's some dogs who are just more prone to have bone issues, and this like. American Bulldogs, um, and they pretty much have a lot of joint issues because they're so thick, but they have those short legs, so they're carrying a lot of weight. And right. even if they are healthy, they still carry a lot of weight, and usually a lot of vigorous exercise is very detrimental to dogs like that. And um, I, think, I, I would think that it would be very good for that type of breed, as well as, as, well as like a bigger dog, let's say like a St. Bernard or something like that that's really, really these very muscular, dense dogs that carry around a bunch of weight. They're strong, but... They're, they're putting a lot of weight on their joints constantly over and over as they walk or right. as they run. And also, of course, a lot of times, let's just say for a rescue as well, that's kind of been through some issues when you find them no matter what age, whether they're puppies or not. What do you think about that as well? That may have gone through some trauma. Where yeah, could, yeah, exactly. Maybe a dog has just been malnourished for a long period of time. Right. So you want to add some restorative properties to his or her diet. So I don't think it's a bad idea. So right. it's just one of those things where when in doubt, you know, if you've noticed that your dog is having a hard time getting around the block, they struggle mm-hmm. a little bit with going from a lying position to a standing position, right. that's a good time to, to get it in there. Or it's, as we mentioned, if it's a breed that's prone to those kind of issues. Right. I don't think it's necessary to, for most dogs to start giving it to them when they don't have any sign of any issue. You know, wait right. until some of the symptoms start coming up, and then you know for sure it's actually doing something. Then you right. know that's- for sure it's actually working. Right. Is this supplement just for dogs, or uh, what about people with very large, like cats as well, that may be having some bone issues? Yeah, any animal. People take it as well. You know, people, okay. I've never, I, 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 I don't take it because I get everything I need from Restorezyme, systemic enzymes. So I, I've, mm-hmm. I've never actually really had any problem, problems with joints. I've never right. had elbow pains or knee pain or anything like that, unless it's related to a specific injury. And then that's when something like active release technique is useful, where you have right. – chiropractor with ART credentials that can really get in there and help address that. 
But uh, acetylmerostole can be good for cats. It can be. It's actually used for horses quite a bit. That's why. Yeah, so that's what I thought. I, that's why I thought I heard yeah. it. Heard about it before. It was through horses. Exactly. There's I'm so in Texas, so of course it. I've heard about it. <laughs> exactly. With racehorses in particular, there's a lot of research around supplementation that's effective for bringing out the best performance, and that's where a lot of the research for acetylmerostole came from. Is that it, they found that it was very good for helping horses with any kind of hip issue, inflammation issue, etc. You know, Restorezyme or any kind of systemic enzyme product is also great for dogs. And you can just dip it in hummus. You can dip it in almond butter because you want to take it on as close to an empty stomach as possible. Okay. Especially, you don't want to take it with a high-protein meal because then it just goes to digest the amino acids. And that's useful, but it's not going to eat up the inflammation. So if you take it in between meals, let's say an hour after they eat, just like with people, take it on an empty stomach. But if you just dip it in hummus, which is it's, it's just it's just a small dip, so that's not necessarily going to affect it. It's not it's not a pure empty stomach now, but it's not a big deal either. So if you I mean, right. if you have three enzymes and you just dip the tip in hummus and feed it to them, they'll just eat it right away. Or that, in my dog's case, sweet potato or pumpkin. I mean, the dude loves that man. <laughs> <laughs> he goes like crazy over sweet potato and pumpkin. A lot of times we get like the organic can kind. And just put it on a spoon, and he just goes to town. Of course, peanut butter. Like, what dog doesn't love peanut butter? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that, that's the other one, too. Peanut butter, almond butter, hummus, anything that you can just dip the capsule in so that there's nice. some flavor to it. So they take it on, just spit it out. And then right. essential fatty acids, just like with people, are very good for dogs. It's good for their coats. And this can either come from fish oil. You can just put the liquid on their dog food. Or yeah. you can take something like Udo's oil, and Udo Rasmus is a guest we're going to have in a couple of weeks, so we'll ask him about that and talk about the pros and cons of different essential fatty acids right. options, fish oil versus plant options, et cetera. But the, the Udo's oil or flaxseed oil or, or the flaxseed powder or chia seed powder, you can take a few tablespoons of any of those options, add it to your dog's food. That's good for balancing the inflammation, as well as making the coat really healthy. Let's yeah. say you have a dog that is just really flaky, looks like they have a lot of dandruff, for example. That's a sign that their coat is way too dry. And if you up the essential fatty acid intake, it'll mm-hmm. make the coat nicer, the mood will be better, energy is better. So it's, it's, it's very similar to you what, for what works well for people. Exactly. Right. Yeah, so yeah, when we rescued our puppy, just so happened that he had a lot of skin issues because of what happened, the treatment that happened to him and, and the litter, his brothers and sisters, they were found in the field. Some jackass had like dumped them in an empty field and poured oil all over them. So he had a lot of skin issues when we found him. Wow. So one of the, one of the treatments that we did have was, you know, giving him fish oil capsules you know, in his food, but also giving him biotin as well. And, and a couple wow. of other supplements and vitamins to help him with his hair. So it's crazy because you have biotin, which a lot of humans, you know, use that as well when they have, right when their hair is falling out or their hair is kind of weak and brittle or their nails are not growing properly. And so a lot of the same thing. So luckily we got to share a lot of uh, supplements here in this household. So it wasn't like we were just going broke just about a lot of things just for (laughs) him. There's a lot of things we could share. So he had a a type of mange that wasn't contagious to humans or or the dogs where it was inherited from the mother. That was another big issue as well. So, but fish oil really did help a lot. And his coat, I mean, you would never even know he had any skin issues in the very beginning. And he's been with us for about six months now. And you'd never know. Just if we, t- we tell people these stories, nobody ever thinks that when they see him. It's amazing that, yeah, supplements even work with pets. I know a lot, I know a lot of people think, like, what? Why would you give your, your pet a supplement? Well, because we there's a lot of things we can't get from our own food supply that's going to give us what we need for certain situations. 
that, so that's why we supplement people. So right. I always laugh at somebody like, yeah, I'll never take supplements ever, ever, ever. And I was like, I would love to see some, some biomarkers on you. I would love to see some testing on you and just see just how healthy you really are, especially if you live in the United States. I would right. love just to see where you are right now. And then <laughs> once you get tested, get a full hormone panel, would you still stick to that same story? Right. So amazing, man. Yeah, that's so true. People tend to have extremes when it comes to supplements. They either take everything under the sun. And I've, I've been guilty of this myself because I'll yeah. do a lot of research and then you just keep buying stuff and then you're like, wait a minute. I've got 40 different products in the closet here. This is kind of ridiculous. And then, and then you start prioritizing what's most effective for you and get right. rid of anything not essential. And then, and then there's people that refuse to take anything. Like, no, I'm not going to take the vitamins. I'm not, not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. And yeah, I mean, of course, of course you should prioritize your food supply. I mean, your right. food options, you know, allocate as much money as you can to the best food you can afford. And then what you have left over, fill up, the, fill in the gaps, if any, with whatever supplementation you need. But uh, very few people, you know, get that balance right. So they like you right. said, they'll, they just don't want to take anything or they'll take everything. They'll take every supplement under the sun and then their diet's not that great. Yeah, they, didn't, they, didn't, they didn't allocate any food to the, <laughs> the highest quality stuff they could get. They're taking all their, their diet's not very good. Their water's not filtered. You know, like the obvious things have been overlooked. Right. And so I mean, it's just, so I always say yes. Get the best food supply you can, and then take the stuff that makes sense, like magnesium, some form of vitamin D, essential fatty acids, good multivitamin. I mean, these are all baseline things. You don't have to go crazy with it. Exactly, exactly. That's good information as far as pet health, because I know we have a lot of pet owners out there that listen to us, and that's, that's good to get that information to them as well. What good is it to have a very sickly pet when you have these resources out there that you can help them out with and not necessarily have to depend on the big chain corporate pet stores trying to push everything on you? They're no different right. than, than right. all these other supplement companies trying to push everything on us human beings as well, trying to right. give us a bunch of crap that we don't need or is a very – it's not the most optimal product. It's very cheaply made, and it ends up making our pets even sicker than what they were before because you know, it's so cheap. So, and a lot of times, the same comp- companies that own all the cheap food for humans also own the cheap food and supplements for pets. Right, so, exactly. And then I think, I think it would be cool if we have a guest who comes on, maybe a, a veterinarian who is well-versed in Eastern protocols for animal care, Western protocols, alternative medicine versus pharmaceutical stuff yeah that would be that would be pretty cool to have someone like that come on and just give us a balance of that information Definitely. okay now we have another question this this one's a good one because a lot of people can relate to this is you know what do you do when you're just not motivated to train you know you're not overtrained, so you're not wiped out you're just like ah, i just don't want to do it today i just don't want to get into it and anyone who says that they've never experienced that is lying to you right because <laughs> right <laughs> a lot of people oh, i never get that i always love working out hey I well obviously too. obviously you just started working out if you <laughs> <say that. laughs> exactly. i do too most most of the time i feel the same way but sometimes you, you just go through those periods man where you're, you're just not that enthusiastic about it right and sometimes sometimes what happens is you look at the workout that was planned for that day and just thinking about it, you're like, oh, man, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do heavy deadlifts today or heavy squats. So you're just, just thinking about it causes more anxiety than actually doing it, just like right. a lot of things in life that we try to procrastinate on. So one thing I find is you just tell yourself, you know what, I'm just going to go do this today. I'll just do some lighter stuff. I'll just do a couple sets of this. Maybe I'll do a backup workout. I'll just do some kettlebell swings and presses today and call it a wrap. What happens, though, is once you get started – the motivation starts coming. Right. You know, you're not, not going to drive all the way to the gym and, and say, I'm just going to do that one set and then leave. 
That, right. but, but that will get you there because now you're telling yourself, yeah, just do a little bit today, and then you can leave. Once you get there and you get going, the motivation will come, and you'll find yourself most likely having a great workout. Now, if that doesn't happen, then just do the backup plan. Just do a few basic movements, maybe work on technique, maybe work on something else that you haven't worked on in a while, just improving different areas. But the key is to get started. And often the biggest impediment to getting started is that you're, you're just over, you're, you're, you're looking at the workout you have planned that day, and that's what's discouraging you. Or you're thinking, it's not worth doing it unless I'm going to do a full-blown workout, and that's right. the other impediment. So if you just tell yourself, just do a few things, even if that's all you end up doing, that's better than nothing. And most likely, you're going to do a lot more than that. Yeah, and in my opinion, also, a lot of times when someone's feeling that way, it's usually because, A, the workout, they probably spend way too much time in the gym. They probably have they oh, probably right, spend too right. much time working out. So if you get in, a lot of times you just have that workout where it's focused, and you have a plan put together, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, you should be done. If you're in there for two hours, then, yeah, I can see why you're just like, I don't feel like going to the gym today. I don't want to spend two hours in the gym, (laughs) you know, trying to work out either. So I can get that. So, again, it's either the workout's too long or the trainee is not focused or, like, there's just no plan whatsoever. So they're just kind of going with the flow and just like, ah, go over here and do a little bit of this, do a little bit of that. So, of course, there's nothing motivating about that whatsoever. So I think that's where accountability really plays a very big role in your training. Really define what your goal is. What is the real, what are you training for? Sometimes it takes a little bit more than just, well, I just need to be active every day for at least 30 minutes a day. You need a little something else to kind of push you because eventually that's going to wear off. Of course, yeah, we hear that, that you need to have some type of activity, some type of physical movement every day for at least 30 minutes. Okay, that's all well and good, but it's not exciting at all. There's just nothing sexy about that. It's even better when you actually have a focused goal. So, hey, I want to go ahead. I want to up my deadlift about 100 pounds within the next six months. Okay, that gives you a little bit more focus right there. So that kind of also eliminates a lot of BSing in the gym. So you're not going to sit there and spend a bunch of time doing leg curls and things like that. You're trying to go and get better at that deadlift. So you can be a little bit more focused with that. And I think that's when, if you can, that's when it helps to get a coach who can program for you. So, therefore, you're being accountable to someone else other than yourself. And – if you can't afford a coach at this moment, you know, at least to get a buddy or someone out there that's going to hold you accountable, whether they can go train with you or at least you can check in with them like, hey, man, I did this today. So I think that accountability is a big thing. You know I'm big on that. That's the reason why I like teaching small group classes, and I'm not a fan of just doing a bunch of one-on-ones or anything like that. That's one of the reasons why I love accountability. It's motivating. It'll get you off your ass. Even if, like Mike said, you get there and you just get going, that's enough. When you have somebody to be accountable to, that's all it takes, just to show up, and you know they're there. So you don't want, now you don't want to just waste your time. You don't want to waste their time either. Or right. if they're not there training with you, but you are going to, like, reach out to them and tell them, like, hey, this is what I did today. Well, the last thing you want to do is, like, go two or three days, and you're not calling them or emailing them or texting them or, letting them, or checking in with them to say, you know, that you did this, that, the other. It sucks because then you look really, really flaky. That kind of just moves all the non-motivation that you would have to not want to train right there. And this is very good to talk about this right now because, you know, a lot of people are about to be motivated in the next two weeks to really start training. Right now at the recording of this show, it's the middle of December. So that means we're a couple of weeks away from the onslaught of the resolutionaries. So these are all the people that come along and they're good to go for that first month and in January because they're all thinking like, yes, this is the year. This is my year. I'm going to get it together. I'm going to lose this weight. 
And see, that's already a mistake because they already said they're going to lose this weight. There was nothing specific about that. That weight could be that their husband that they're with right now is getting on their nerves. This is the year they need to go and divorce that fool. So that's one way of getting rid of some weight right there. So <laughs> I'm not encouraging anyone to go out and get a divorce if somebody's getting on your nerves. Just go work it out. So anyway, but they're all gung-ho and ready to go, man, because it's January. But then, you know what the problem with January 1st? You know what the problem with January 1st is? 30 days, 31 days later, it's February 1st. So that's always, and that's always the arch enemy of January 1st, February. It, it rolls in. Now the, the luster and, and that, that glitter and that shine of starting things all brand new again has now gotten dull because now you kind of realize, well, you went in, you didn't really have a focused plan. Your plan was, okay, I want to go lose weight. It wasn't specific enough. It was not motivating enough. You needed a very compelling reason to really get with a program. And guess what? Why did you have to wait to January 1st to do that? So whatever that issue was, if you're very specific about it, whatever that issue was before January 1st that you decided you're going to start doing on January 1st, that issue was happening at the time that you made that, that decision. So it's December 14th, December 10th. You had that issue then. Fix it. Start then. Don't wait. And it's even worse to even start then because everybody's thinking like you. The gym is packed. You're going to be waiting all day to get on bench, all day to squat, and you're just kind of sitting there, and guess what? You lose that motivation. You're ready to get out of the gym. You're ready to go back home and call it a day and just like, you know what? I'll just do a diet and I don't have to worry about working out. As long as, I'm, as long as I just stop eating a certain food, a certain food group, then I'll be good. I'm, so I'm done. No more carbs, no more protein, whatever. And you think that's going to work for you. Well, guess what? That's going to be short-lived as well. Get that plan together, folks, and start right now. I mean, that even goes beyond what we're talking about with training. Same thing with a lot of business goals as well. Don't just sit there and think like, yeah, this is the year I'm going to make six figures. This is the year I'm going to do this and do that. I'm starting January 1st. Nah, man, get started now because nine times out of 10, it's probably going to take you about a year just to get the momentum going in that right. business, just to, just to keep you motivated. But the thing is, and I wanted to talk about this too, kind of addresses a question that I had as well from someone. You want to start doing things in chunks and not try to go all in, all or nothing the first time around. So you don't want to just roll in January 1st like, it's all or nothing, baby. You're talking about this is how I got to do it. I got to <laughs> yeah. knock this out. Somebody, you know, do or die time, baby. You know, here's the problem when you say do or die. Okay, if you do, your option is or die. <laughs> so I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like those options right there, man. <laughs> <You know? laughs> just like uh, I made the point that and I posted this on one of my pages a few weeks ago when I laugh when people say, Failure is never an option. No, failure is always an option. It's, just <laughs> exactly. up, it's up to you to choose exactly. it or not. Okay, don't ever say that. That doesn't make any and, sense. And you know what's also funny about that? Sometimes <laughs> it's an option worth taking. Exactly. And, you know, I, I, I've, been in, I've been in businesses before I got into this one where it wasn't my lack of hard work. That wasn't the reason. I mean, I was working my tail off, and it just wasn't going anywhere. I mean, I've, I've never worked harder on anything. Mm-hmm. And off, I mean, I mean – after several months of that kind of failure, you have to look at this plan and be like, you know what? It's not, I'm not the problem here. It's not because I'm not pushing it hard and so forth. The problem is the opportunity. So it's time right. to walk away from this. It's not so a good sometimes, fit. Yeah, sometimes failure is the option you should take <laughs> right. rather than having that stubborn attitude of there's no way I'm going to give up. And then you've been doing the wrong opportunity for 10 years because you were, you were just holding on to it. Where sometimes you realize within a year that, hey, this is not a fit for me. And then you just bail out on that and move on to something else. So yeah, so, or I think this person's not a fit. Or this person's yeah, not yeah, a fit yeah, for exactly, me. Exactly. So a lot exactly. of times with that, when you say that, it's not that you're necessarily thinking about the situation at hand or the opportunity or the lack of. What you're thinking about is your ego and what are people going to think about me if I stop doing this? 
You know, right, are they going to judge right. me? But what's really happening is the people haven't even had a chance to judge you yet. You've already taken on that role for them. You're already judging yourself. You're right. already letting yourself down and thinking like, oh, you're a failure. If you stop now, how can you live with yourself? Um, look, as long as you're breathing every day, if you're breathing every day, you're living with yourself. Like I said, failure is always an option, and sometimes it's a beautiful thing. But the thing is, it's not about failure not being an option. It's just like failure is an option, but when it is, it needs to be a very quick option. It needs to happen quickly, and so you can move on. Don't spend all day on it. So right, it needs to happen right. fast. Fail fast. Don't sit there and harp over it. Just like, oh, man, I can't believe I did this. No, You know what? Like, oh, okay, that didn't work. Well, let's see what the next step is going to be here. So right. and that, that fits in every situation, even with your training. You're doing something that's not becoming effective. You've been spending a good four, eight weeks on it, and you're not seeing the gains that should be happening. Something's not working. So you need to take a look at your program, and that's why it's always great to have a training journal. So therefore, you can look back. You have some data to look at and compare and contrast with and think like, you know what? Okay, I, I did this at this frequency. I did this at this speed. I did this uh, more than twice that week. Maybe I need to cut back this particular lift to like once a week or maybe once every two weeks and then see where the gains are and then give it a chance and go from there. So right. that's another example of failing and failing fast. The beauty is you have some data to look at. If you're just going in and winging it, it's going to suck, man, because you're going to just be confused. Like, I don't get it. I go in, I bust my ass, I go lift heavy, and, you know, I'm, I'm lifting heavy every day. Eh, 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 hello. <laughs> Whoa, hey, let's stop right there. <laughs> You're lifting heavy every day. Yeah, it just it helps to have some type of data, man, to get you going and you just figure things out and move on and just adjust to the situation. So, again, failure is an option. Just yes. do it and do it quickly whenever, it, whenever the opportunity arises to fail. Right. And it is, it is an opportunity. And it's not something people should be afraid of either. You're going to try things. A lot of the things you try are not going to work, and that gets you closer to the things that actually do work. Right. So, I mean, even, even when you've had several successes, you put out things, win, 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 and then you try something, you're like, eh, that didn't work out. It's not the end of the world. Right. Just move back on, move on to the next. It, it, it's knowledge that will probably be useful at some other point. You know, maybe when right. someone's consulting with you, you can tell them, like, look, I tried that strategy, and here's why it didn't work out. So, I mean, you're, you're still learning stuff that could be useful. Right. Okay, this one is for women. I've, I've, quite a few women have asked me about different hormonal issues and so forth. And one reoccurring theme that's come up recently is just women that are suffering from polycystic ovarian syndrome. So I won't get into what the syndrome. Yeah, I won't get into what the syndrome is because I'm not a doctor, and you know, we're, we're, I'm not going to talk for an hour on that. But you know, if there are a lot of women out there that would like to hear more about that topic, we can get an expert on and we, you know, we can interview an individual about that. But through my research, I've come across a few things, herbal products that do help women quite a bit with those symptoms for dealing with that condition. And the two supplements I really like are Myomen, which I've discussed on the show before. It's right. very good for helping with the estrogen progesterone balances or imbalances in women. It's good for men because it helps block conversion of testosterone into estrogen. And also for women, again, with this polycystic ovarian syndrome, there's a herbal product called Vitex. It's says V-I-T-E-X at about 400 milligrams twice a day is also very effective. So that combination is very good for addressing progesterone estrogen imbalances. Systemic enzymes can also help, stuff like my Restorezyme, by just lowering inflammation. Often that's a contributing factor. I'm not a doctor, so don't take this as medical advice that I'm giving. I'm just sharing research that I've come across, either from lectures I've attended, books I've read, it, et cetera. So what I'm encouraging you to do is do some research on the myomin, 
do some research on the Vitex, you know, talk to a good naturopath, talk to a, a doctor that knows what he or she is doing, mm-hmm. and just do some research on your own and try to determine if that's a good fit. But those are the two things that come to mind right away. Very cool. Actually, I have a friend who um, does have PCOS as well, so there'll be good information to pass along to her as well. And, um, and I know we were talking about the end of the year and all that, and we had a couple of questions regarding that. Um, basically saying that um, I know this is a uh, busy time of year for you guys, but how does that affect your training? Pretty much what is our current training program and our training goals going into the new year? So basically what they're saying is um, so busy right now. A lot of things are going on, a lot of family stuff going on, traveling and all that. And I know we talked about it on a few weeks ago on the show that, you know, when you travel, pretty much that can just interrupt any type of training program you're getting involved with or whatever. So I think that's pretty much where this question came from. But so, yeah, so they want to know, um, like, this time of year is affecting our training right now, and what are our goals going into 2014? So I'll, I'll let you start, man. Yeah, not, not too much for me, honestly. I mean, this is actually a good time of year for me to get in more training than normal because I'm not traveling. I've always found that December is not a good month for workshops. So right. I, never, I never bother. Usually I try to cap it off towards the end of October. Usually I find November, December are just not great months for workshops. Even January, I find, is not that great because people are – they've blown a lot of money over the holidays. Right. They're trying to get their year going. Yeah, exactly. So I find February is a good time to get workshops going. So for me, actually, I find that I actually have more time to train during this time of year, ironically. So it's a a much different situation than other people. I I also don't believe in a a lot of materialism, just buying a bunch of stupid gifts for people that are going to end up in their closet. Right. So what, what, what I like to do is donate to charities as gifts for people. So I'll, I'll, I'll talk to people and be like, Hey, what, what's, what are some of the causes that you're into? Like, for, my, for example, my mother loves elephants. And there's, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a place called the Elephant Sanctuary in Tennessee where they take care of oh, elephants yeah, yeah. that used to be in the circus. So, I mean, I, I, buy, I, I make a donation for her every year. She's also a, a, a real scientific person, so I, I get her a subscription to Scientific American each year. Yeah. You know, these, these are easy things to get people, and it's, it's useful as well. Rather than buying, you know, a toaster or something, you know, <laughs> that's you know, like the charity one is is a great. Yeah, gift. man. If, if someone gets mad about that, it's like, look, buddy, you, know, just, just <laughs> you got some chill. issues. <laughs> yeah, but that, isn't that more in spirit of the holidays? You know, helping other right. people, helping other beings out, and, and and you know, it's going to some good, and everyone seems to be happy about that. Everyone feels good about that. Right. So I mean, I, I I just keep things simple for me, but the, yeah, the holidays don't affect me as much as many other people do. But the way I can answer that question is when I go through much busier times of the year, that's, yeah. that's when I tend to just cut out anything unnecessary from workouts and make the time you spend training count. So right. I, might be, I might just work up to a heavy set of deadlifts, one heavy set, and then I'm done with deadlifts. Work up to a, a, a tough set of squats, done. Work up to a tough set of presses, done. Right. Always focus on those basics, the five pillars, upper mm-hmm. body pressing, upper body pulling, lower body pressing, lower body pulling, core work, and just uh, maybe do less sets than you normally do because time right. is back. So, I mean, that's basically my advice for that is just prioritize the things that you know work. Yeah, I totally agree. And as for right now, for me, okay, I just finished a competition a couple of weeks ago, and I've taken a couple of weeks to recover from that, getting ready to head to a competition. By the time this show comes out, it'll be a few days after that. Kettlebell competition is coming up in Dallas um, this coming weekend will be my last competition for 2013. The next thing for me would be more toward the International Kettlebell Games, which is a little bit more about power and strength and not necessarily 100% endurance like 
GS would be for me. Now I'm kind of changing my priorities up. So I got, I have this little bit of a blending type overlap hybrid type thing going on right here. Right now, one of my goals for 2014, man, is just really work on getting more power, more strength at this point. What I'm doing now is a little bit more of a hybrid version of um, Jim Wendler's 531 program. Look it up, folks. Google it and find out about it, or you can go to Jim Wendler's website about this. So I'm not going to get too much into it. But it pretty much fits right what Mike was saying right now about being just focused, getting in, hit that big lift, and be done with it. That, that program is perfect for that. So let's just say one day I might do deadlifts. But as far as the assistance exercises, I'm going to do something a little more structured around kettlebell training, especially something that can help me with my kettlebell sport training, and then throw in some body weight exercises in there as well. So therefore, I'm not overtraining at the same time. And the beautiful thing about the assistance work that goes with the Fire 3 one program, those are pretty quick. I mean, the first week you might do five sets of 10 of something as your assistance work. Well, that works out beautiful for me because I can amend that into whatever I need to do with kettlebell sports. If I'm just, if I'm doing some type of pull exercise, let's say I'm doing deadlifts or whatever, which is working on, you know, a pull from the ground as well as working on my grip, then I'm staying tuned with that. I might do my glove snatch, you know, as a part of the assistance exercise because I'm not beating my body up after the fact, but I'm still working on my grip and giving it a little bit more work, which is going to help me with my kettlebell lifts instead of doing some heavy snatches right after that. That's pretty much what I'm doing. Like so I'm doing a hybrid, more kettlebell sport oriented, but still big lift oriented 531 program right now. Then by the time I'm finished competing, I can just go full on with my 531 program and just work on the big lifts and just get in and get out because got a lot of projects coming on. So I want to be very focused and just get in and get out of the gym as far as my training so I can do my other things outside that's going on in my life. I'm at a point now where I'm not competing as much, so I don't mind putting on more muscle at this point because I'm not worrying about making a weight class anymore. Like I used to, I just rather get stronger and just have to lift those extra lifts, those extra reps if I do compete, if I move up a weight class, which I have in the last year, because I just started focusing more on the big lifts like squats and deadlifts. And naturally, where I was competing a year ago in kettlebell sport, I, I just know at this point, I'm not trying to go back down there. I'm not trying to get back. I'm not trying to go back to 90 kilos right now because I feel really good where I am now, which is barely, just slightly at 100 kilos. And I'm feeling very strong right now, and my recovery is a lot better. I don't feel beat up after a training session. Those are the things that I really enjoy. And I just I don't want to be part of the madness during a competition before the weigh-ins, and I'm starving myself all day while I'm traveling. I see so many people acting as if they're fighters in this sport. They're, they're cutting weight. They're in the tub. They're, on the, they're in the sauna. They're on the treadmill. They're doing all this stuff just so they can, so they can make a certain weight category so they won't have to lift that kettlebell an extra four reps, six reps, eight reps. My thing is, okay, instead of me sitting there starving myself and being miserable, just fucking get stronger. Now, I can tell you in long cycle, those extra eight reps suck ass. That's like, that's like pretty much adding an extra minute. But my thing is, just this is just my opinion. You know, some people disagree with me that compete in kettlebells. But my thing is just get stronger, dude. Get stronger. Get stronger. Start eating according to your strength. Start eating, eating food that's going to fuel your strength. Because all that stuff, it'll catch up with. It makes it that much harder to recover. So my thing is, just get stronger, man. I'm, I'm over it. I'm, again, in this sport, no one's getting paid at this point here in America. No one's getting paid for it. So why put yourself through so much misery just to make a weight class, just so you don't have to lift another four or five reps? To my, should be some glory in just getting stronger, man. Yeah, I mean, just really kind of, I don't know. That's just my opinion. That's just my opinion. I just don't see any fun in cutting weight anymore. I'm over it. Maybe it's just me getting older. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear you. 
So yeah, my, my training goals now is, is pretty much always the same, just working on increasing my deadlift, squat, more power, more strength, balancing that with conditioning. And uh, also, I'm, I don't put too much pressure on myself at this point either. I've been working out for a long time, so I'm, I'm just having fun with this. I'm not, I'm not targeting any competition. I'm not going to compete right. in powerlifting or anything like that. So I, I just have these goals that if, if I don't achieve these goals, it, it's not going to cause any form of depression for me. <laughs> right. I'm, not, I'm not that attached to it. But uh, it doesn't mean that I don't want to achieve them. It just means that I'm enjoying my training, but not trying to get more out of it to address something else in my life that's missing. Right. Exactly. And I think that's a mistake a lot of people make. So the key is yeah. I, I keep the workouts fun, I keep them interesting, and then I'm focusing on the power and strength and just balancing the conditioning. Okay, next question is on HRT and all strategies for increasing testosterone. And this is... Basically, people are asking me this who, who have tried natural methods. Mm. Even my testosterone booster, which, which I have found works for the majority of people that take it, it's a small percentage that really don't notice anything. But let's say someone who is over 50 and they're, they're, no matter what they do, their, their testosterone is low. They're just not feeling good. They're getting that beat-up feeling each day. Should they go on HRT? Well, I mean, that's always a decision you have to make with your doctor. So it's not right. for me to tell you whether you should be on HRT or not because there, there are pros and cons to doing that. You know, one is going to shut down your natural testosterone production over time. Now, if you're 65, you probably don't have much production. So right. there's, there's not, you, shouldn't, you don't have to have a fear of, oh, I don't want to shut down my production. You know, I've had guys that are 69 that are like, oh, I, my doctor recommends HRT, but I don't want to shut down my natural production. Like, chances are you don't have any at that age, you know what I mean? So don't worry about it. you don't it. have, brother. Yeah, that's why your doctor is recommending it, because your levels came up super low. So chances right. are, you know, taking some herbal product and even something like my supplement, which is very effective, you know, there's going to be a certain age where nothing natural really works. And, that, and that's where something like HRT can, can give you a lot of benefits. And, and having optimal testosterone is good for your brain, your heart, you know, literally like every organ in the body. So it's not something that should be diminished or overlooked. You have really low levels. You've tried natural strategies. You know, you're eating well. You're training properly. You've improved your sleep. You've addressed vitamin mineral deficiencies. You've tried things like my testosterone booster, which, again, work for just about everyone who takes it. And, but, but still, nothing's really working out that well for you, and, and you're just not feeling good. You, know, you don't want to go through your life feeling miserable when there's a strategy out there which may help. So HRT, whether it's a shot or a testosterone cream, you know, you're a, a good anti-aging doctor can fill you in on all the different strategies, and you can pick an option that makes the most sense for you. Now, there are a couple other things you can do before full-out HRT, though. And then these are things that also would be from the medical side of things, such as Clomid, which is a fertility drug, which jumpstarts your natural testosterone production. Spell so I, I, I would always recommend that someone talk to their doctor about, say, that, that's why, why not try Clomid out for a while and see if that jumpstarts your T production? And if that doesn't work, you can always go to HRT. Uh, Clomid is C-L-O-M-I-D. It's very popular with bodybuilders, right? Any bodybuilder listening is, has, has likely heard of it because it's, it's often used after a steroid cycle cycle to jumpstart your testosterone production. Because okay. often, your, often your T levels go to zilch after a steroid cycle and you need something aggressive to jumpstart it again. Also, HCG therapy, which is very popular because of the weight loss side of things, that it can also be used, and this would be an injection, that can also be used in men as an injection to make your testicles produce more testosterone. So sometimes doctors will give you a combination of HCG therapy 
and testosterone therapy, sometimes Clomid, et cetera. You know, these are all different options out there, so keep that in mind. But the benefits of having optimal testosterone are profound for men. So don't be that guy who's like, well, I'm getting older, levels are supposed to go down. Yeah, you're, you're, we're, it's natural to die, too. You know, it's natural to be miserable. <laughs> I'm not well. trying to push it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And those are things that are all going to happen. The key right. is, is getting the most quality out of the life you do have. Right. And if, if these strategies end up being the only option that's available now to get you there, then it's worth considering seriously. It's not something you want to diminish or, or jump on too soon, too. What, what I don't like seeing with HRT is when a guy's 28 and he's saying that his levels are low and should he get on HRT, it's like, come on, man, you're 28. So unless you have some medical condition that's causing that, let's look at revamping your lifestyle, improving your diet, maybe using supplements if necessary. But, you know, at, at, when you're 22, come on, man, you, you need to take anything to increase testosterone and you've got some problems. Quit binge drinking and partying and, and not getting any rest and any quality sleep and start there as well. Again, yeah. there's always that fight for sleep that no one's trying to, you know, defend. Exactly. And then, you know, guys 35 go, well, I'm getting older now, so my doctor's talking to me about testosterone therapy. I'm like, you're 35, man. You're not 75. So, I mean, those, those, I mean the guys that are in their 30s, early 40s, and they're, they're noticing a drop in testosterone, may not be, they may not have super low levels, but they've noticed a drop. You know, that, right. that's the perfect demographic for something like my testosterone booster because it's going right. to give you a nice boost, get you back into that youthful range. You, know, you improve your diet, your sleep, your training, you know, get rid of negativity in your life, jobs you can't stand, people that are losers just sucking the life out of you. You know, we've talked about that a million times, so I won't keep going. Just focus on revamping your, your lifestyle. doesn't hurt to do a consult, though. You know, with yeah. a good anti-aging doctor, that will give you the pros and cons and just get a baseline of what's going on. Well, um that show ran by pretty quickly. <laughs> it was a quick yeah, time. Always do. <laughs> but before we do that, though, man, before we head out of here, I just want to give a big shout out to everybody that's leaving their reviews. So, again, people, the magic formula here is when you go to iTunes or Stitcher is to subscribe first. Subscribe to the show. Absolutely. Then leave your rating and review. Then what you do from there is share it. Listen. Let the world know about it. And while you're at it, take a screenshot of your review or let us know that it's up. Email us and let us know that you put it up there because we got about, mm, we're at about 81 right now. So that right. leaves about 19 of you have a chance to get hooked up with my copy of the Wellness Code book. That will be sent to you as a thank you for leaving your rating and review and subscribing to the show. And Mike's also has a hookup for you as well. Yeah, I've got my, my hormone optimization lecture series. It's a $50 value, eight hours of great, great material. It's funny, I, I had one of our listeners say, wow, I, did, I, didn't, I didn't realize it was going to be this much information you guys are giving away. And right. it, uh, Mike, I was like, I just listened to the first episode of your hormone lecture series, and this is awesome stuff. And uh, I was like, yeah, you're right. It is a lot we're giving away. You know? <laughs> yeah. And, and that, that's, that's why we're capping it off at 100, because yeah. I, 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 re, I rethought it myself. I'm like, why am I giving this away to everyone? This is great information here. Yeah. And we're going to cap it at 100 so that people value this, this information as well, where it's not going to be something where it's indefinite. Like, oh, yeah, I can leave a review in a year, and those uh, guys will yeah. still be giving away that stuff. Uh, not so much. No. <laughs> no, not so much. Yeah, we're going to get those 19 reviews before the year's up. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, trust me, we've gotten, like, at least 10 the last couple of days. And, yeah, I, I, just got, exactly. I, just got a, I just got a review in right now, and I was kind of skimming through and they were yeah. saying exactly, like, man, I didn't realize – 
I didn't realize that, you know, you guys are giving away such good stuff here. I mean, there's a lot of information in Mike's lecture. And I didn't realize that the wellness code was covering so many different things as far as wellness. I'm like, yeah, wellness code. Okay. So yeah, I truly appreciate that You guys are giving this away, but I know you guys got to get paid. I'm like, yeah, we got to get paid. Believe that. Because uh, again, we said this a million times too. Putting the show together is not free. I mean, we still have to pay things or whatever, but you know what? We're about also giving value. I mean, there's a lot of people out there charging. They're not giving you a damn thing, man. They're just giving you a bunch of recycled crap they picked up from someone else, and they're trying to claim it as their own, and they're trying to charge you probably three or four times the amount. We see it all the time, especially in the fitness business out there. So we've always been about giving great quality content, whether it was on our blogs or the lecture series. Hell, even in our workshops, we still do our best to over-deliver. But we've got to cap this thing off at 100, though. So, and also just out of just being fair to those who have purchased these things before. With that being said, keep those reviews coming. Keep subscribing. Keep getting the word out there. You guys are really helping push us through the ratings and the ranks on iTunes as well. So really in a big bump in the show. So that means we're getting our message out there to a lot more people. So therefore, a lot more folks out there listening can join in and already they can find out what you already know and what you already like about the show. That being said, I want to give shout-outs to some of our five-star ratings out there. Over on iTunes, big shout-out to Dottie Fish. Dude, some of these names are hilarious. So there's Dottie Fish. There's Hadley Hodges. Uh, big shout-out to Caleb Dude and Dan Faz. See, here we go. Uh, who else we have? we got Tanner Cheek and B.R. Mitchell. Also, DFPT97. It sounds like a formula for something. <laughs> sounds like a new supplement formula right there, Mike. Keep that in mind. You might have to use that. Pat Brace. And Bobcat, 1122, as well as, yeah, this is probably one of my favorites, Heffenweizen12 and, uh, <laughs> and Grono KP PT Guy. So big shout out to all of you for your five-star ratings. We really appreciate it. And then for the rest of you out there, the other 19 that need to get in, go ahead and get your rating review in. And guess what? And if you come in at number 20 and beyond, we still will love those reviews because you never know what we can come up with next. You never know. Just a pit. Who knows what will do? And if you're, you know, if you're loving the information and you're feeling a little guilty of all the great intel you're getting, then use coupon code LLA to support our respective businesses. Uh-huh. You can get 10% off any of my nutrition supplements, testosterone booster, recovery oil, Restorezyme. And by the way, the recovery oil and Restorezyme are unisexual. Both, both are equally beneficial for both men and women. Testosterone booster is generally mainly made for men. I have a few women taking it as a pre-workout product or just as a mood booster, but it's, it's made for men. And uh, you're also going to get some discount specials off sincere stuff. Yeah, and you'll get 30% off of my bodyweight training DVD, whether it's the physical copy or the, the digital copy. It was really great. Um, had one of our listeners just purchased it. He was telling me that he's purchased other DVDs, like one of over Olympic lifting. And it was pretty much like a lecture fest. And pretty much he had to like do it in chunks. He had to like watch maybe five or 10 minutes of it and had to come back just to keep from falling asleep. So right. he, he was thanking me for the fact, you know, especially to add a little entertainment value to the presentation and, you know, just really making it fun during that. But that was a fun workshop that we did back then when I filmed that. that was a great one. And it was a lot of fun, man. But he really loved the fact that the exercises on the DVD or not just for adults, but it's also for kids. So parents out there, they can truly enjoy this as well. And one of the biggest, one of the most gracious things that I've ever heard is when I've had feedback from parents who have children who are on the autism spectrum, they've done some of these exercises and some of the movements that are on that DVD with their children, and they, those children are so responsive to it. They have such a positive response to those movements and where the parents kind of just felt like, 
they didn't know what to do prior to that as far as physical activity for their kids because, like I said, it can be touch and go. It just depends on what part of the spectrum their, their child is on. They resonated with this, especially a lot of the animal movements and things like that, so it made it a lot more fun for them. I've had PE teachers as well that have utilized the exercises from the DVD with their PE programs in schools and elementary schools. So first of all, big shouts out to them for the fact that they still have PE at the school that these teachers work at because, right. you know, they're cutting physical education classes left and right. So it, it always feels good to hear from a physical education instructor who still has a program and still has a job other than just manning the halls and being a hall monitor. And they actually get to teach these kids and help them be active. So those are like the biggest compliments that makes me feel like, okay, I, 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 out of all the things I've done in this industry, that's one of the things I'm most proud of is to put this DVD together and put it out there and being able to touch genres and people who – most people don't really think about in this industry. They don't really think about kids with special needs and, and creating programs for them. They're just an elite few that do that. Everybody pretty much wants to go and train the celebrities and train the athletes, which is nothing wrong with that if that's what you want to do. But so many people focus on that, and there's so many people out there that could utilize the information and the knowledge and expertise that so many of us fitness professionals have, and they're being overlooked. So don't, don't sleep on them. So you want to think about when you go into 2014 and pretty much – what can you do? What kind of value you can add to your business? Start thinking about the people that people are not thinking about and how can you address the issues and address their needs? What's missing from that population, whether it be people who are over 40, over 50, over 60, uh, kids who are on the autism spectrum? I mean, even, even soldiers coming back with PTSD and you're qualified to be in there and, and train folks in these areas, in these populations. Man, think about that. Don't just always go for the 20 or 30 year old who just pretty much let themselves go and they're just trying to get back and trying to get, get their stuff together before the class reunion or something like that. <clears throat> Again, there's nothing wrong with that if that's what you used to do, but just always remember there's, there's a lot of people out there that need us in this industry. Let's see how we can help them out, man. Sounds speaking good. of that, hey, speaking of people that are helping people out, before we leave, it's been like a crazy week. This past week, man, I mean, a week ago, there was uh, the news that the actor Paul Walker died in a car accident. And most people know Paul Walker from the Fast and Furious movies. Probably one of my favorite movies that he was in was actually Skulls. People forget about that movie. That was a great movie right there. If you're a conspiracy theorist, you'll love Skull. So I would say go check that out. Uh, he was really good in that movie. But And he died in a car accident. So, of course, everybody, you know, some people played off the fact that he's been in Fast and Furious. And on the positive side, people say, okay, he really loved cars, which he did. It wasn't just the movies themselves, but he really loved cars. He pretty much died in a situation where he was doing something that he really loved. Now, I don't know how the accident happened. They're still doing the investigation on that. But anyway, you still have the jackasses out there like, oh, you know, how ironic he did that, but he's always talking about having a 10-second car and blah, blah, blah. You always have those idiots out there. Then later on this week, you have the passing of Nelson Mandela. I mean, this man, if you don't know who Nelson Mandela is, please, please go do some research and to see what he's contributed to the world here. Um, so many people, it's amazing. There are some people that knew about Paul Walker didn't know who Nelson Mandela was. But you also have these people who try to downplay people who didn't know. They're like, oh, my God, you got these kids who know Paul Walker, but they don't know who Nelson Mandela is. Like, what is this country coming to? Well, instead of sitting there and bashing the kids for not knowing, or even the adults who don't know, if you do know about Mandela, why don't you educate them and show them how he contributed to the world? But here's another thing, though. This is the only issue I have. People try to compare the two and try to make it seem like one was more important than the other. Look, here's the deal, people. Paul Walker was actually, when the accident happened, he was actually leaving the charity that he had put together. He was there at a charity event raising money to help the Philippines from the recent typhoon that happened a few weeks ago. His organization gave to um, a lot of first responders and, and situations like that. 
So don't just because he was he was an actor doesn't mean that he didn't play his part in trying to leave a legacy and utilize his celebrity to help other people. Just like Nelson Mandela did a lot for South Africans and and did a lot for civil rights. So he did his part in trying to make this world a better place as he left. So both of these guys left this world leaving a legacy. And my thing is, instead of taking time to bash one or the other or trying to pick and choose who's better, which, again, they were great at what they chose to do, and they both left a legacy. Let's, I, I just said, hey, why don't we do the same thing? Why don't we do the same thing? Instead of trying to get into this debate about who is better or, you know, how can you not know about one or the other? You know, let's just look at their example, what they both did in this world, like, hey, man, you know, and just take a quick look at ourselves, like, what am I doing to leave a legacy behind? Because one minute you're here, and next thing you're gone. It's not about trying to wait until you get paid and, yeah, well, once I make this amount of money, I'll start giving to more charities or whatever. There's so many things we can do that doesn't necessarily have to require any type of paper as far as money is considered. So why not just go out and volunteer? It's a perfect time of year for that. A lot of people, they need food right now during the holidays. Uh, there's a lot of charities out there. There's, you can volunteer. You may not have the financial means to give to a charity, but you can go help with a Toys for Todd organization by actually being there to collect the toys or collect the coats for the homeless or something like that. Or go around your neighborhood. We all have closets full of crap, most of us, of stuff that we're not going to you know, wear. Well, why not go through your neighborhood and ask everybody for donations for stuff they don't want? Have a drop-off center. Take that to a local homeless shelter. Okay, what did it cost you? Well, a couple of dollars in gas to drive to the homeless shelter? Okay. So well, there's so many things that we can do to leave our legacies. Don't shortchange the little things that you can do because those, those little things, mean a lot to the people that you're reaching out to. Don't ever shortchange yourself when, you, when you're giving, man. Yeah, I think that's all great advice, really good stuff. And uh, I, think it's, uh, I, th- I think it's also silly that when people are comparing, oh, who cares about Paul Walker, Nelson Mandela, this, it's like, look, it's not a contest. You know, right. Both of these guys just happened to die during the same week, and who cares about it? We don't, we don't need to get into a debate of who did more goodwill and who did that. To me, it seems like both were good guys trying to do good things. So let's, right. let's, let's just leave that alone and then, like what you said, focus on what you can do. Focus right. on what you want your legacy to be. I think that's the healthiest thing to get out of the whole situation. Exactly. Other than that, great week and good Q&A. We have more Q&A sessions coming. And I'm just looking at the stats just on the downloads. It's obvious you guys really love the Q&A, so keep the Q&A coming. Again, don't forget, Mike and I have email addresses for this show. So you can email Mike at mike at llapodcast.com. Or you can email me at sincere at llapodcast.com with your questions, and we'll try to get them on during our Q&A session. Try to do this at least once a week. So one day of the week, we have a guest. The other day of the week, we're trying to address these questions and answers that you guys are sending over to us. So thanks a lot, and thanks for supporting the show. Keep those reviews coming. Keep subscribing, and we'll keep bringing you good stuff. Sounds good, everyone. Take care. Take care.